Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. This is Carol Cottle, and we're finishing a series here today that I started a few weeks ago around the topic of chores. And today we're looking at motivating the type four more serious child when it comes to chores. So if you've got a question, please call in at 347-677-1963, and I'd love to help you today if you need some parenting help. Let's start with a success story today. This comes in from a type three mom. She writes, I'm a type three mom. And since reading the child whisper, I understand my child so much better. And this type three mom goes on to say, she says, I love that you have helped me understand this child's true nature. And we have an event at our home Um, Recently, we had an event in our home, and he chose to stay inside while we all celebrated outside. I came in to check on him to see if he wanted to come out, but he said he didn't want to. Before the child whisper, I probably would have forced him outside. Then one morning after I woke him up, he said, Mom, thanks for letting me be me. I almost cried. Thank you, Carol Puddle. You are welcome, and thank you for understanding your child's true nature. So let's get into today's topic, chores, motivating the type for child. Well, in this world, it's really important to understand that this is a more serious child. And the key word for the type four child is, in this case, authority. Now, the type four child has a natural sense of needing to be their own authority. And make sure you read my book, The Child Whisper, to really understand the concept of this. A lot of parents misunderstand this, that in the parent-child relationship, they naturally think, well, the parent should always be the authority. Well, you are an authority as an parent, and you want to enroll your child to respect you as an authority of being a parent, and you want to draw on their own natural gift as being an authority of their world, of themselves. And so here are three tips to help you honor your type four child's natural sense of being their own authority and to allow them to be the authority of their chores. And as you support them being the authority of their chores, they will more likely hold themselves accountable to what they agree to do, as they feel an innate responsibility to do things right and perfect. So catch that whole setup. As you enroll them to be their own authority, they will feel more accountable to themselves to what they agreed to do and what they even came up with, because they have a desire to be responsible to the things that they've agreed to, that they feel are correct for themselves, and they want things to be right and to be perfected. And so, The three tips are going to sound like you're having a business meeting with your type four child. They're very matter of fact about these things. There's really no need to make anything around chores emotional. That would be true for any type child. We're bringing, you know, we as parents lead out in this experience. If we get emotional about it, we teach our children to be emotional about things that just need to be handled in life. And if you'll go back to the very first podcast in this series, How to Take Struggle Out of Chores, to really set it up that this is an act of appreciation and it's something we do in life. We manage what we own. And you want to make sure that your home is really set up so it can't, chores can be done easily. And I referred to several resources in that original podcast. And I'll go back that you listen to the very first of this series. So the first tip is, to invite your type four child to choose which chores they would like to be responsible for. Now, this can look like having a, and use this exact phrase. So have a 
this looks like having a private meeting with them and explain the chores and household maintenance are just part of owning a home. Now that will make sense to them. They'll probably go, yeah, that makes sense. We take care of what we own and what we, we value because that is truly a type for nature. What they value, they care for very meticulously when given the authority over it. And that everyone in the family contributes to keeping the home up and its care, especially you want them to be enrolled and supported in caring for what they own. And it's a way of showing appreciation for what we have. And so here's a list of chores. I would like you to look it over and choose how many chores that you've decided that is appropriate for them because there's kind of the personal chore space, rooms, your own care of um, whatever a child starts to do, maybe their own laundry, um, upkeep of their own things. And then there's the household space, the family space. What are they contributing there? And so together help uh, support them in deciding and you can uh, suggest how many chores you'd recommend. And then you can tell, ask them if they can make that decision now or if they need some time to think it through. And if they need time, set up a time to get their aunt to follow up and get their answer and their commitment with this. And make sure you've outlined all of the steps involved in the chores and what's expected of them. And they actually could even create all those steps as well. Now, they marry, are there any chores that are not on this list that you would be like to take responsibility for? You know, there may be an area of the home, you know, type where children may not be enrolled in ability to uh, have an ability to really develop one of their natural gifts is to create efficiency and structure and order to things. They just bring that naturally. But if things are so chaotic and messy and there's just the space isn't, it's difficult for a type for a child to be able to, to be able to accomplish that because it's, things aren't set up to allow it to support that. So what needs to happen in certain family spaces or in their rooms that allows them to bring their ability to be more meticulous and structured and create efficiency and order. And make sure that things are staged so that they can do this easily. Now the second tip is, now that you have chosen your chores, again, you're having this meeting with them, it's very matter of fact, now that you've chosen your chores, I'd like you to come up with a strategy that you feel would be most efficient in getting your chores done for both your daily chores and your weekly chores. Can you, uh, uh, when can we have a follow-up meeting to discuss your strategy that you'll be presenting to me? Then they get to think it through. What's their strategy? When are they going to fit it in with their homework, with their playtime? What order and efficiency can they bring to their daily chores and to their more the weekly or biweekly chores? Then the third tip is, again, this is a conversation you're having with your type for child. I prefer not to remind you, and you usually don't need reminders, as you are very good at following through on what you agree to do. So in the case of your chores, um, if you choose not to do them, I would like you to come up with your consequences. What consequences do you feel would be fair and reasonable for you not following through? And I'd like you to then present that to me as well. And so most likely they will follow through because they don't want to deal with the consequence they've set up for themselves. And they certainly don't, you know, not so much, they're not geared to think I don't want to let you down or a type 
one or a type two child might be more concerned about your state of happiness or you're being sensitive to letting you down or disappointing you. They don't want to disappoint themselves. They don't want to, you know, they want to follow through for their own sense of integrity. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be called out for it. And then if you do have to follow through with the consequence, again, privacy is a big deal in the type four child, more serious child's experience of discipline and feedback. If you're disciplining a type four child regularly in a public setting or in a familial setting, that's embarrassing to them. Handle these personal matters privately. If it's personal, it's private. Just remember those two things go together. If it's, it's personal, if it's all about them, if all the focus is directed on them and it's embarrassing to be called out, being disciplined is being called out, being featured. I think we can learn a lot about that um, tendency to be private with our discipline efforts and our feedback with our children in private matters. That's a type for child helps us learn that and that can be applied to other types of children as well. So consider that. So again, all of this is very matter of fact. You're having um, a meeting, a business meeting, and you're going to, I think it's a good idea when it comes to chores. If we're just spouting off, you know, here's the chores. How do you handle chores? Or is it done very randomly? Is it, are you giving feedback just as you go? Or are you having family meetings and personal meetings with your children? Because again, one of my biggest takeaways from doing this series has not been, how do we get things done around the house? That's a side effect of helping a child develop their personal gifts, their natural tendencies, their gifts and strengths. These are behavioral training. We want to support children in developing behaviors that are an out, you know, they're, they're a um, outgrowth of their natural gifts and tendencies. They're connected so that we're not overriding what's natural, what is a uh, tendency with forcing them to develop behavioral traits and patterns and behavioral training that causes them to override their truest self. So you want to work in line with that and support the development of your child through the practice of chores. And then get a lot of things done around your house. You'll get more things done, more things accomplished with happier children when you follow these tips. And so those are my guidelines for the type for child being their own authority. And here's some great phrases to use, verbal rewards. And this really spun another idea for me that verbal rewards are some of the best rewards we can give when children are accomplishing good things in their practice of being themselves that I want to um, follow up in the near future to do a series on what are your best verbal rewards for each type child for jobs well done. So you can find these in my book, thechildwhisper.com. Um, the Child Whisper is found at thechildwhisper.com. So make sure you pick up the book. There's a lot of good phrases, language you want to use with each of the four types of children. In the case of the type four child, here's some really good ones. You are so responsible. I love how you independently manage your chores without having to be reminded. You are an expert at, name the chore. I appreciate your commitment to follow through. Thanks for being so committed to what you agreed to do. Is there anything I can support you with when it comes to your chores? Is there an area of, my, of the home you would like to see more orderly? Would you like to make that area more orderly as your chore? Would you like to take responsibility for that? How can I support you in being successful in that task? So these are really great uh, takeaways today. Use them with your type 4 children. I hope this has helped. We're going to keep the podcast going 
um, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Carol Tuttle if you're listening to the live uh, recording of it as I'm um, broadcasting live right now. If you're listening to the actual recording, there's there will be a link in the copy to take you to my podcast on uh, iTunes. So you can subscribe right on iTunes, itunes.com forward slash Carol Tuttle. Thanks for watching. My first question is from a type four mom with a daughter that is a type that is 13 months old. A few months ago, she started resisting her diaper changes. What's this mom going to do? I've got some great feedback. I'll be taking live callers at 347-677-1963. Thanks for tuning in, all my Facebook fans. So this first question comes from a type 4 mom. Her daughter is 13 months old. And a few months ago, she started resisting her diaper changes. And since then, it's developed into an almost traumatic experience. She has no physical discomfort to cause her to dislike diaper changes. But she cries and cries to roll over and fight during the whole process. I feel an emotional blockage building for both of us. Before it gets any worse, how can I clear the negative energy around diaper changes. I'm a type four mom. Oh, her daughter's a type four. I'm sorry. Type four mom with a type four daughter. Um, well, my first thought is whenever something presents, we can create a pattern out of things as parents because we emotionally have, we have an emotional response to it. And because it's getting you worked up and it's, you wouldn't have written in if you didn't have an emotional response to this experience. So it's kind of becoming a power struggle. So your emotion, anytime we add emotion to any experience, it's kind of like fanning the fire. We really fuel it because that emotional energy kicks it up. So what do you need to do to clear your own emotion that's rising while, you know, so that you can just get the job done without any emotional response and let her do whatever. Cause you know, it's probably a phase. It's not a big deal. She's only 13 months old. Um, and you just, you're bigger and stronger. So you're going to win the battle just based on the fact that you're going to be able to overpower her. And maybe she just doesn't like him. Maybe she doesn't like diapers or it's personal to her. Are you doing it in a public setting? Do you take her into a private setting always to change your diaper? Uh, you know, do you make it private? Make sure you're emotionally clear. Little a process you can do to help reset your emotion that's very quick and very simple. You have what's called neurovascular points in the middle of your forehead, and you can actually just take the fingertips of both hands before you change your diaper and think of yourself, you know, getting all worked up. Really, just this is bugging you. You don't like the power struggle. Uh, press your fan. I'm doing it right now. Just everybody push their fingertips on their forehead and that forces blood to the frontal lobes of the brain. Because when we run emotion, we tend to get into the what's called the reptilian part of our brain and then emotion affects our behavioral tendencies and, and we don't make the best choices. And we actually then add that emotional energy to the experience. So press your fingertips on your forehead. You can even... Put your palm of your hand over her forehead and help just be still and breathe. Look at her. Get her focused. Breathe. 
she has a type four child, so you can help engage her ability to focus. But as you press, you could even put one of your palms over your forehead, just kind of rest your whole hand on your forehead, put your whole hand on her forehead, and just start breathing with her. And make sure you're doing the diaper thing in a private setting. See how that works for you, just shifting that energy. My second question came in from a type 1 mom. She says, I'm a type 1 working mom with a type 4 stay-at-home dad and a type 4 and a type 3 daughter, both under age 5. My husband needs help. He's burned out on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. We haven't been able to agree on parenting a, parent, a parenting approach. He's so negative, and I want the girls to know there's other ways than their father's way, which is often wounding to them. But how do I correct him in front of the girls? Also, I know type fours need a lot of space and alone time to recharge. So I take over caring for the girls whenever I'm home, but then I have next to nothing left over to give in our in give to our marriage. Do you have any insights or support? Well, my my I don't have all the information here. Um, I don't know if this is a permanent role scenario, if you're going to be the one that's uh, in the professional role of the earning, the having a job, earning money, being in that, and, and dad's a full-time caregiver for the kids. There's a temporary because he's trying to find work. See, that would kind of swing my response because if he's trying to, if he's out of a job, other things are stressing him out. So I don't know. There's some information I don't know to to answer this, what direction I would go. Of course, I'm going to say, as you read, the child whisper, and I wouldn't correct him in front of the girls. Again, that's a private matter. That's, you're like disciplining him. See, I just went through <laughs> the whole scenario of the type four child. There's no difference here. They never outgrow this uh, trait to be, if it's about them and it's feedback that's corrective, it feels embarrassing. It feels um, demeaning, and they're going to get defensive. So you should never want to do that. You want to have weekly parenting check-ins. I think you need to have formal meetings. I want to meet formally so we can come up with an agreeable strategy of how to parent our children. Here's a book I, you know, don't just read my book. Read other books. I'd like us to read, you know, have a parenting book club. Um, will you join me on that? And some, I think there's, I have ways that might be better than yours in some scenarios. Some of your parenting strategies might be better. And then sometimes we're going to have to compromise and find the middle ground. So I'd like to have weekly parenting strategy meetings with you. And you go about it just like you did with the chores and say, uh, both of you get to, maybe you take an issue and you say, what do you, what's your strategy? Well, here's my strategy. You hear each other out. And then you, you give that, you know, the li you listen to give feedback, not to give feedback, listen to replay. What did they say? You know, I want this. So I heard you saying, this is what I think you mean. Uh, okay. Is that correct? And once you both have been able to share, give, listen to give um, replay that to be to know that they're being understood. Come up with action items. What are we going to agree to here? Let's agree to. I think it'd be a great idea for us to read a book, to be reading parenting books. Let's get educated. We've never been parents before. We have two children under five. There's a lot of opportunity to learn things here. 
and that will help guide us. And so approach it, just different topic, uh, make it, of course, but you have a matter of fact meeting with your type four spouse. And then um, if the other issues are stressing him out, then you want to just, that's another conversation that you might need to have. So my phone lines are open. If you have a question, press the number one on the phone. I'd love to answer your question today. Um, and I take callers up for the next 15, you know, about the next 15 minutes, I can take callers. So I've got people. Press the number one and we'll get you on the show today. Another question that came in says, this is from a type four. I'm a type four trying to enlist my type three husband in parenting our two young children. The child whisper away. Why, what do I do when he asks? Is that the number stuff again? He's not interested, but I know our family would benefit from us all being on board with child whispering. Any tips? Yeah, again, you need to have formal meetings around these things as parents, as spouses. My husband and I have a weekly planning meeting. Every Sunday, we talk about what's going on. Uh, we aren't doing this as often, but there was a phase that we were having weekly meetings just to talk about our roles, our emotions, how are we doing as people, checking in. Uh, people... They have, we do a lot of what's called shop talk, you know, what, what's going on, planning, what, what's happening in our lives. And so when we insert suddenly more, more topics we really want, we take more seriously that we have more concern and care about, why do we expect our partners to respond? Oh, I see. This is something you have a lot of, you care deeply about. And so you want to set up a meeting time and say, honey, I, I want to set a time to meet about um, talking about our parenting and our parenting strategies. Some things I have given a lot of thought to that mean a lot to me. Um, when are you available to meet? You set up your meeting time. You come and you say, well, the, I, I'd like to hear from you. And uh, I'd like to share also what, what I'd like to talk about in our meeting is the, strat the parenting approach that I'm learning in what you refer to as the number stuff. So I'd love to share with you why I feel it's important, why I value it. And I, I'd also like to hear, it, 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 it may not be accurate, but what I'm picking up on is that you're dismissive of it, or maybe you're judging it as to be a fad, or I don't know. I want to understand where you're at with it if you're interested and, and would you like to go first or would you like me to share? And what I'd like is for us both to be able to share our own opinions and our thoughts on this and be able to, and then we'll give each other a turn here. And then, so who wants to start? And you, you, you just then replay what you're hearing. Is, is that what you mean? What's important to you? Why does he feel this way about it? You want to get down into be, him being heard, him being cared for. And I have found, at least in my case, when my husband feels heard, he hears me. And usually I have to, it works for me to listen to him first a lot of times. So, so these sort of offshoot approaches, of you bring it up, you bring it up in a setting where now again, your, your husband now feels like he's being disciplined instead of the children. 
see, all of a sudden something switched. You used to just discipline your children, but now you're understanding, oh, well, I'm not going to discipline them like in, in, I'm going to approach this differently so that uh, I really honor my child's nature. But now I'm going to call my husband out and I'm going to discipline him in front of the children. So why would he be on board with this? Because see, in the settings that it's coming up is typically when you're correcting something, trying to educate him, which is correcting him in his approach which doesn't really enroll somebody into wanting to do this because now they're feeling shamed and that they're kind of being forced to apply a methodology that they honestly don't know anything about because they haven't even read the book. So they're defensive, but they're not necessarily defensive about the methodology. They're defensive about how it's being, how they're being talked to and how it's being relayed to them is bringing up their defenses. So, you certainly want to shift that approach and do it in a proactive way so that they're open and there's a proactive response. And there's a real opinion given, a real, well, are they interested? They may say, I don't know enough. Well, could we read the book together? Because I'm finding it has a lot of value. And the reason she calls it numbers is just because she found labels um, ver, you know, that, that it took away a lot of labels and it made it more generic and it was just an easy way to, it's just really talking about a child's nature. It just made it a quick reference point to get everybody on the same page. So that would be my approach because um, I've learned to do that over the years. So try that out. Let me know how it goes. I, love, I always love to hear your success stories after you've applied something from what you've learned in the show from asking a question, whether it's a call-in question or a written question. A couple quick announcements before I get to my phone calls. The Dressing Your Truth courses at the time of this live broadcast are on sale through May 8th in honor of Mother's Day. So make sure that you go to dressingyourtruth.com and you can buy a course for $99. It's a great gift to yourself as a mom. Dressing Your Truth is another life-changing experience as a mother and has a deep impact on our being and our energy. If you were not, um, follow me on Facebook. I've got some really cool things happening on my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle. Just this last Friday, I hosted, I do a, a broadcast there called Carol Tuttle TV. And I hosted a new feature called Live Makeovers. And we had, uh, anyone could show up actually at our store. We had about 35, 40 women show up. And we just on the spot selected someone after we interviewed the different women in the, we had a brief introduction to everybody. My team and I went around and met everyone there. And we then decided on our makeover candidate, Shelly. You really, you want to see a powerful shift in someone's energy and appearance. You really need to watch the um, part one video. It's only about eight, nine minutes. Then you've got it. The part two is a really great live Q&A that I did about energy profiling and correctly using the system and how to correct. And I, I interview and talk to several women in that broadcast. And then part three is her reveal. And you really got to watch part one because it's so phenomenal. So you see her energy and she's wearing all black and my conversation with, and then the reveal and this woman, it's like we turned the I'm a live switch on her. And if you go to, the Carol Tuttle on Facebook. Look in my video section and under the Carol Tuttle TV listings. It was, I think it was episode 19. And watch these. So profound. 
and I had several women post in the comment thread, well, if anyone had their doubts about the impact of dressing your truth, this pretty much shows it. And I believe that as well. It shows it so powerfully, the change that it just has on our whole demeanor and our being. Let's go to the live callers. Cammie is on the line. Hi, Cammie. Nice to have you here with me. Hi. Your notes say you have a type uh, daughter who's a type one, who's a two. Yes. And you have sleeping concerns with co-sleeping, and now you have a newborn, and she wants to co-sleep with you again. Well, he's nine months old, but still, we've been struggling with him. Or no, the baby. The, oh, the baby was a little boy. Yes, he's nine. He's nine months now, but still, um, yeah, she hasn't slept through the night maybe but twice. And we figured out when she was a baby that the way for us to sleep and for her to sleep was for her to sleep in our bed. And then when she was six months old, I got pregnant again, and we got her out of our bed and into a, the bed with our oldest child. Um, about the last six weeks of my pregnancy and then that lasted about another month and then she's back to we can almost time it that she'll wake up at midnight and cry for somebody or something but it's just a struggle to get her to nap it is a struggle to get her to go to bed and she even mentioned sleep it's like immediate meltdown like I don't want to do it and we've got her own room or is she in her bedroom with another sibling she is in her own room. Can she share a room? Um, she can. Um, the reason we moved her out of the room with our oldest child is because he's a 3-1 and they started fighting and talking and would not go to bed. Well, I think she'd do better. I mean, that alone thing, I think, is somehow throwing her. She's pretty, she's mm-hmm. young. So mm-hmm. there's no reasoning with a type one two-year-old, really. Yeah. Um, so don't exhaust yourself on that. Um, you might have to go through a tough couple weeks of just insisting that she goes right back to her bed. Because as long as you keep giving in, that's the pattern that gets set. And she's going to know mm-hmm. how to work you to get you to do that. So it's kind of a game, a game for her. Mm-hmm. Because she's engaging you. Um, yeah. it, it feels like there's just, it, being in her own room alone isn't really in her highest good at this point. That she needs mm-hmm. that because of her social quality of her nature. And I mm-hmm. think part of it is the consistency you're going to have to stick to, to shift this. You're going to, this is behavioral training at this point. And you're, you know, whether it's, you going in and laying down with her, like doing it in stages, so it's not so cold mm-hmm. turkey, that it's just, you know, she she keeps going back to her. Basically, you don't have an exception. She is sleeping in her own bed. And whether that mm-hmm. means you've got to go in and lay down with her at the first, then you've got to then shift from that to taking her back and then as many times as you have to. And then I don't know if there's a reward in place for sleeping in your own bed all through the night. I know Katie was, my granddaughter was challenged by this several months ago. And I came up with my, I I got an incentive going where I said, Katie, when you sleep through, you stay in your bed all night and wake up your bed in the morning, five nights in a row, grandma's going to take you to get princess nails. 
And it worked. She did it. She had to work at it for a while, but it worked. Okay. She did it. And so what at the age of two, what can be an incentive? But you've got, I think, as yours, nature is a type three. We're dealing with some inconsistency in behavioral training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got okay. to see through. Okay. For two or three weeks, you know. You, in order to shift the pattern, it takes consistency in, that only something else is offered. Okay. Because she's not going to just suddenly go, okay, I got it. I'm going to sleep because you guys want me to. She's too. You're training. Yeah. You're, you're, she's being trained to get away with what she's getting, you know, what she can get away with because you support it. Yes. And you're her secondary it. is a four. Her secondary is a four. So she's definitely her own little boss. Yeah, well, you're bigger than her and you're the parent, so (laughs) you pretty much have that right to be insistent on some things in a kind, loving way. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, getting Mm -hmm. mad at her, you know, you can shame a child so that they're scared to, you can scare a child into changing their behavior or you can be consistent with a loving Mm -hmm. kind approach with consistency and firmness to support them in changing their behavior. Okay. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Rayma, my next caller is calling in. Hi, Rayma. Hi. How are you doing? Doing good. Your notes Um, say you have a type 4 son, age 4. He's a 1-4. Okay. And I'm a and I'm a four one. Okay, so you're a type four and your son's a type one. And you struggle interacting when you don't have the energy and desire to interact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ever since he was just a baby too. Like it's just been that way. Yeah. What's his um extracurricular activity schedule look like in a week's time? Out of the um, house, doing other things with other people, social events. I have him because I just really had a new baby, and so I was thinking ahead, and I got him into preschool two days a week, and then joy school. And okay. so he's got he's got the interaction with other people, and then when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, I take him to like a play place and get you know like art circle or something. Okay, well, it sounds like he's fine. I think you're struggling more with shaming yourself that somehow you're hurting him if you're not highly engaged with this child all the time, which isn't the case. So I think the the issue is more with you being really in your type four way, this high standard of what you require of yourself, and you need to modify your standard so that you recognize you're doing fine and that it's okay to not match him there. It's fine. And then just be prayerful to ask, help me know when it's important and that I choose to be engaging and interactive and I'll know when it's not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. So that you, you're really discerning about it, you know, and, and you're following um, spiritual promptings rather than some, um, me, you know, measurement you've created for yourself. Yeah. 
So I think you're doing fine. I just think you needed reassurance that it's not as bad as you think it is. Because he sounds like he's, if you had told me he never goes anywhere, he's just at home with you 24-7, then I'd say, oh, child needs other outlets, you know, that are safe and appropriate for his age and the ones you feel good about. And you're doing that. So Uh he's probably right after when you, um, there needs to be a sort of enthusiastic reporting time, like, what'd you do? How'd it go? You know, really get that engagement in these certain spots. Uh-huh. And then it's okay to say, you know, we're going to have quiet time now. Uh-huh. And what are his quiet activities? What do those look uh-huh. like? Well, and he oh, also quiet gets time. Really, yeah. He really get he gets really mean sometimes. In it. And I'm guessing it's just a secondary coming out. He just gets mean. And then he goes, and then he's like, there's times that he's like, I just want to, don't want to talk right now. And I get that. <laughs> he wants quiet time. Okay. But... You know, I think parents make too much of when toddlers especially. You know, if he were 14 and being mean, we, you know, I'd suggest you have a conversation around that and say, you know, you need to learn some civil. Be, We're going to read a book called Choosing Civility. <laughs> but when a four-year-old <laughs> or a three-year-old is kind of just like, I took my granddaughter out for a little three-hour activity because Ann just had her baby and Saturday I took Katie out and I was laugh, you know, she was like really direct with me a lot of times and she's getting real in my face at certain points. Like we're at Target and she goes, grandma, I want that Barbie car. I don't have a Barbie car. I said, uh, great. I don't have any, most of everything in the store and I'm not buying it. I said, so I didn't get after her, like saying, don't talk that way. Or I didn't, it didn't matter. She's, you know, four. And I thought, mm-hmm. she'll develop, you know, I, she has great examples. She's going to learn more by her parents' example than me getting back at, going back at her in the store saying, don't talk that way to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I meet her directness with directness and say, well, great. We're not buying the Barbie car. Let's go. I'm going to beat you to the burp cloth. And then suddenly she just doesn't care about the Barbie car. See what I'm saying? I think it's just, don't worry, it's not an issue. Okay. Children don't know how to vent their emotion, and they'll do it through different ways that often don't need to be disciplined. I had a quote on my Facebook page and, um, a few days ago. It said, oh, it was on Saturday. Maybe what your child needs today is a hug rather than a consequence. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't, and I don't discipline him. It's just that it's really, it just really bothers me, and maybe it's just like a marrying thing. It's just when I, with me, yeah. That's maybe. if it stirs emotion in you, that's something for you to look at, you know. And because yeah. the more you don't get charged by your children, the bit more effective your parenting approaches will be. Okay. And so, rather, you don't want to repress that emotion. You want to be honest. with that in and recognize you know this triggers me and I need to you know it's bringing something up because all emotion is from some anything that's char especially if it's more emotion than the the sitch scenario really um is reasonable for the scenario when we really get triggered and get a lot of emotion processing, it's connected to other situations. Maybe you were just more bold as a kid and you were told, don't talk, 
you know, don't talk to me that way. I'm your parent. You were shut down. It's more my husband. (laughs) And I feel like it's mirroring to me as um, he doesn't have, I don't feel like he's ever had a really desire to be with me and interact with me. I wonder if that's where it's going. Yeah, it could be. Well, have that meeting with your husband. Well, <laughs> We've been talking about meeting with husbands a lot this show. Apparently a lot of, we need to sit down with your husbands and have honest conversations. Well, and he's a 3-4 he's a and he just doesn't, he, I don't know, he doesn't like the ideas that I bring up and I don't know. Well, like I and just he, said, in Atlanta, did you hear me answer that? You may not have heard it because you were probably talking uh, to yeah, listen to the show because I just okay. had, you're probably bringing them up in, in places that are not the places they should be brought up, and it looks like you're disciplining him. So listen to the show. I just, I don't want to repeat okay. all that, but there's some good yeah. information for you. So okay, appreciate you calling in today, and you're doing a great job. If you're listening to and reading The Child Whisper, listening to the podcast, reading the book, and that goes for any parenting book, really. I, I mean, I feel mine has some really unique offerings that, that you're invested in, in being a good parent. So that's just evidence right there that you're committed and you desire good things for your conscious parent and you're, you're working towards that. So thank you for that. So, um, you know, every week I send out an email. If you go to dressingyourtruth.com, you can sign up for my weekly email. It's called... Uh, Carol today, and it's got all my posts that have gone up in the prior week on dressingyourtruth.com, which are a lot of free posts, and then there's paid content as well. So I'd love to invite you to join me in that space and see the amazing things that are happening on that website. So just go sign up for that on dressingyourtruth.com. And next week I'll be in at the end of the week on May 13th and 14th. Go to Cruxstone, C-R-U-X-S-T-O-N-E dot org to learn about the Holistic Approaches to Health Conference that I'm a keynote speaker at. Then we just announced today that I'll be traveling to Boston and I'll be doing an evening event on May 31st. Go to facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle and you can click on my events section, which will then link you to Eventbrite to register. Last week's blog post is up. You get the written summary for three tips to motivate your determined type three child to do chores. And you can also access the right there on the website, the player for the podcast. And of course, you can always do the podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Carol Tuttle. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's because of great people like you that invest in my courses and programs and buy my books and purchase different merchandise from my Dressing Your Truth online store that I can run an ad-free podcast and and ad-free websites. We really appreciate your business and supporting our business so we can continue to deliver both free and paid content to make a difference in your life. I hope you have a great week because you deserve to, so let's set that intention. This is going to be an amazing week. Thanks for listening to today's show. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. 
Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.